welcome back to another episode of I Know I Know, the 30-something. I think it's the 33rd, but don't fact check me on that. Um, I hope you enjoyed the new theme music. I know my guest is probably like, what are you talking about? But it'll be edited in. So we're going to talk. This is kind of like a cross in between the Beatles and solo Beatles. We're talking about how many Beatles are really alive, kind of. Um, so we're talking about the Paul is dead theory. So, Max, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. <laughs> so let's go back to the fateful day. I can't remember the exact date. I want to say December 31st, 1966. Or right. Correct. Um, they apparently... Actually, I'm, I'm not sure about the date either, but I do know supposedly 1966. That I'm sure <laughs> Even though there's clues that they think were before that. Right. <laughs> yes. And so we, um, apparently John and Paul got into a fight and Paul stormed off in his car, crashed on an icy road and died. And so we're going to be debunking those clues. So starting out with the first clue and... I know people are going to be so proud because I really think that because I like the American version of this album better. The song I'm Looking Through You on this album. Right. A lot of people think the I'm Looking Through You're Not the Same is like a Paul, apparently because he said, saying that line, he's dead. Right. Of course. Of course. But let, yeah. Let, you know, before we go any further, though, let's. Let, here's here's the first thing I I want to I want to address this from the get go. Let's say, let's suppose that yes, this theory were to be true. Let's say there were, it was it was somehow true. Yeah. How in the world <laughs> would the Beatles have continued with Paul dominating? the rest of their existence, you know, because basically f after Revolver, it sort of becomes the Paul McCartney and the Beatles show yeah, to some it extent. It does. You know, I mean, and I mean, John still has some extraordinary contributions from, from 77 on, but clearly McCartney is dominating. Sergeant Pepper is basically a McCartney album with three Lennon songs and one Harrison song. I mean, it's basically the McCartney show. It is. And then same goes for Magical Mystery Tour, where, of course, we have I Am the Walrus, which is one of my absolute favorite Beatle moments ever. Agreed. I mean, it is a Paul McCartney-dominated project. So how in the world would have this replacement guy gotten the guts to say hey this is my band so you guys you know stand in line because i'm going to be writing the next singles for the next four years basically you know i mean it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever and to have a solo career with that has very few bad albums it's i mean very, absolutely absolutely i mean and and then why would 
uh, Mike McCartney, who is the deceased's brother, okay? Why would he have then hired the replacement Paul McCartney to produce his first solo album, McGear? Exactly. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And then, you know, once in a while you encounter these people that really do genuinely seem to buy into this theory and you send them comparison shots, you know, a shot of McCartney holding his Hofner bass in 1964 with a shot of 2002 McCartney holding the, And then they say, yeah, but that's clearly Photoshop. I'm like, there's no Photoshop. It's his face. It's his face in both cases. And yes, he's aged, but it's the same guy. What are you talking about? It drives me nuts. It does too. I will say his hair in 2002 does look like it's Photoshopped. I mean, this is earlier, but. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, (laughs) and I hate to say it, but yes, probably no doubt, not probably no doubt the man has had some Uh, tasteful, I think, work done to his face. You know, maybe he's lifted the brows a bit. You know, that's okay. I'm at peace with that. I I wish he hadn't, but I understand it's the Peter Pan syndrome, but it's also the fact that he is photographed daily, all the time. So I get it. He's been the pretty one. He, He doesn't want that. He doesn't want the age to show too much. I understand. But I mean, it's still clearly the same eyes, the same face. What are these people on about? Exactly. So to say the least, we do not endorse this theory. We just think it's we just think it's hilarious. It is hilarious, but it's also infuriating, isn't it? It is. I'm sure you've gotten into uh, arguments with some people who and, and sometimes people, you know, they'll they'll tell you they'll uh, they'll say for for openers, you know, I don't buy into it. However, and then they list you a bunch of things that they think are pretty valid clues as to the fact that maybe he did die. And I'm like, listen, even those supposedly valid clues, they make no sense. Correct. They just make no sense. I have gotten into a few, we'll say, electric arguments with people about this theory. I, I don't doubt it. It's hard <laughs> not to because, I mean, obviously we love this man. And yeah. obviously, I mean, we would never want this kind of thing to, you know, let's say had it been true and and, and we both agree that there's no way it is. No, but no possible had, way. Had it been true. It would have been a devastating blow, but we would have found out at the latest by the early 70s. And I do mean at the latest, because we probably would have found out the the, the day of back in the 60s. I mean, neither of us were around back then. Certainly not you. (laughs) Yeah. You're 13, right? Yeah, I'll be 14 in a couple weeks. And how amazing is that, that (laughs) it's still, you know, grabbing generation after generation, you know? I have nieces and nephews that are just a few years older than you. And they also, you know, are fans of the Beatles. I just think that is such an extraordinary thing and something to be proud of that this phenomena is still expanding and growing into, you know, generation after generation, despite their leader dying in 1966. Yeah. Apparently. (laughs) 
first of all, favorite Beatles album? Favorite Beatles album, um, you know, I'm sure you also go through this. We change our minds about this on a regular basis, right? Yes. One week we feel Rubber Soul is their best, and the other week we feel Revolver is far superior. Um, my actual favorite over the years has become Abbey Road. Um, the one that famously features Paul barefoot to let us know he's dead, you know? And he's holding the cigarette. Yes, exactly. In the wrong hand. <laughs> Greek mythology. He was left-handed, left so how could he possibly hold a cigarette with his right hand? It's impossible. It has to be an actor. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, Abbey Road would probably be my pick just because I find it's... I find it such a, a great listening experience every single time. I'm just knocked out by how beautiful and perfect that album is. I just love it. I love it. Favorite McCartney record? That also changes um, all the time. But I have to say, the one I have the biggest soft spot for, it has to be Red Rose Speedway. And it is by, it is by no you. means... It is by no means his greatest album. I don't think it's his greatest, but it is my favorite because I find it comforting. I just, I love listening to that album so much. It brings me joy every single time. It you, does. You, you love Red Rose Speedway as well? It's in my top 10. Definitely. Yeah. It has and, to be. Yeah. Um, and you know, I. The, the weakest track, we, we, people seem to agree that the weakest track is probably Lou, First Indian on the Moon. I love that. I love it too. It, <laughs> maybe it goes on a little too long. Maybe it's not as uh, melodically interesting as it could have been, maybe, if he'd worked at it maybe a little bit more. But it's a beautiful mood piece. It is. It's and like... it's not a skipper. Like, no. I wouldn't skip it. Why would you skip it? It's not like it lasts 11 minutes. It's like, what is it, like four or five minutes? It, yeah. It's, it's an acceptable length. And it and it it sounds good. That bass, though those voices, it's haunting. I love it. And single pigeon, which I love that song. I love it too. And and I think I think it's an absolute gem. And I think that were it on the white album, it would be recognized for the genius piece of songwriting that it that it is. Yeah, and I, I'm the one that prefers um, Jenny Wren to Blackbird, so. I, 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 sort of, I, I sort of get that. I mean, I think Blackbird is sort of untouchable, but I do think Jenny Wren is lyrically richer. Yeah. Um, and I do love his, I hate calling it that, but his Old Man Macca voice. I love it. I do, Jenny too. I, it, it's beautiful. It's an instrument that has aged and that has worn, but that has worn beautifully as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, and what's your least favorite McCartney album, if you have one? I would probably have to go with Give My Regards to Broad Street, uh, only because I find most of the Beatles re-recordings a little bit disappointing. I find them interesting to listen to. <laughs> But I find Long and Winding Road is a complete missed opportunity. That's so bad. Because that the saxophone is just terrible, especially in the opening. Like yeah. that opening, uh, 
melody line that the sax does is just so, I mean, it's basically introducing it at Schmaltz, you know? It is. <laughs> Which I think is a shame because, of course, we've heard and we've read McCartney bitch about the Phil Spector reproducing of it and the strings and everything. We've heard him bitch about it so much. And he has never bettered the Wings Over America version, I don't think. Right. I mean, I love, I love how since about 2009 or so, he's added the lead me to your door, lead me to your door repetition that he does just before that instrumental break. Yeah. I love some of the, of the improvs he's done on Long and Winding Road over the years. And I love his jazzy opening to it. I mean, basically, he's never bettered the Wings Over America version with the brass section and everything. What is your uh, favorite McCartney solo album? <sighs> Flaming Pie or Tug of War. Okay. And Wildlife's I'm, right up there. I love Wildlife. I love Flaming Pie. I love Tug of War, too, but I would never count it amongst my favorites just because I find... I find the second side kind of loses focus for me. A little, a little bit. But I mean, Wanderlust and Ballroom Dancing are... Absolutely. But I mean, I, I like pretty much everything except for Pipes of Peace and um, the Russian album. I even like Driving Rain. I, I like dri Driving Rain as well. Uh, you know, and Driving Rain is special for me because it was... In reality, it was his third album since I'd become a fan because I became a fan during the anthology, Anthology 1, when that was first released into the world. Uh, that's when I became a fan. Um, and so Flaming Pie was the first new McCartney album where, where I was actually a fan that cared. And I adore Flaming Pie. I absolutely, that would be in my top five, no doubt about it. Uh, then Run Devil Run kind of disappointed me, not because it isn't great, it, it's fantastic, but it disappointed me because I go to McCartney for McCartney songs. Yeah. And, and so, yes, it's great hearing him do uh, Elvis and Chuck Berry and Fats Domino and, and Carl Perkins and, and all the rest of them, but I would much rather hear Paul, even if it's Bip Bop, I'd rather <laughs> hear Bip Bop than... All Shook Up. I understand that All Shook Up is a more important song than Bip Bop, but it's not a Paul McCartney song, whereas Bip Bop is. And so it means more to me when I hear McCartney doing McCartney. That being said, his cover of No Other Baby. That is in my like top 10 McCartney songs of all it's time. It's incredible. Period. It's, it's perfection. Everything is perfect. And I'm sure, ha have you gone and, and listened to some of the 50s versions of that song they're, they're not that good they're not that good and that's a deep cut so it is like a mccartney original it, it feels like an original absolutely and even people that were around in the 50s for the most part are not familiar with that i mean he likes to tell the story about how when he told the band let's do no other baby neither dave gilmore nor ian pace knew it <laughs> they, they weren't familiar with it so clearly this was like a B-side that had made an impression on Paul, but didn't make an impression on the vast majority of people. So yeah, and when all things considered, it almost is an original in a it way. It is. 
So, but I mean, I, I apologize because I, I sort of sidetracked you. Oh, but by no all problem. Means, let's let's definitely go. Like, you know, if you want to list some more of those proofs that that he's dead, then by all means, let's go through them. So, starting off with um, yesterday and today, which is a capital release. It was oh. butchered. I love this album. I think it's really good. I think it's fun too. I, I do enjoy the, the variant uh, track listings and whatnot. They're interesting. Interesting. So, um, because he's in a co- this suitcase, it's a coffin, he's dead. <laughs> yes, I know. I and know, they all look so good on that picture. I love what they're wearing, especially John and Paul. I, I love that picture. I know it's, I know it's a I do lame too. sort of, um, compared to how the butcher cover is so shocking and like unique, I guess that's a lame picture as far as originality goes, but they still look so good and cool that I, I, I love that album cover. I do too. I mean, it makes some songs that came off of Rubber Soul fit better, I think. It's quite possible. You know, I mean, I really grew up with those British versions and wasn't even aware that the American versions were that different up until maybe 10 or 15 years ago when I, I finally got the story about how well Capital wanted to, you know, so I get that. Um, for me, Rubber Soul needs to open with Drive My Car, but I understand how for some people it makes more sense that it opens with I've Just Seen a Face because it's that whole idea of an acoustic driven album. Yeah, it, it sounds like Bob Dylan sings the Beatles. Right. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Beatles sing Bob Dylan. And it's nice to have I've Just Seen a Face in a place where it gets attention. I, because yeah. I remember borrowing help on CD from a friend when I first became a fan. Yeah, I was like 15, 16 years old. I couldn't afford to get their whole catalog right then and there. I had to sort of go one disc at a time. This is before streaming and this is before YouTube in the mid nineties. And so I remember borrowing help and, you know, I knew a lot of the songs, like of course I knew help. I knew you've got to hide your love away. I knew Ticket to Ride, but to put, I've just seen a face way at the end of the album. I remember like thinking, oh my God, what is this song? Is she- this should yeah. have been like top loaded to the front of the album. This is a this is a classic. This is great. And then, of course, I find out years later that it does open the American Rubber Soul. So I get it. It makes sense. And it's a gorgeous opener because of that acoustic intro. It feels like an album opener because it's like a prelude or an intro. And then the song kicks in. It's like opening the window on a bright, sunny day. Exactly. <laughs> And a gorgeous sunny day that you never want to see end, you know? By the way, how do you feel about, uh, I, this is, again, like a really oh, random. no worries. How do you feel about You Tell Me, track five on Memory Almost Full? I Are you love a fan that. of that song? This is in my top five McCartney albums. I, I love I, it. I absolutely love that album as well. I just wish it didn't open with Dance Tonight because Dance Tonight, it's a cute song, but to me, it's a little too cutesy to be the album opener. It's sentimental because it was a hit when I was born. Right. There you go. But I mean, it, it gets a, an amazing reaction when he does it live. Yeah. Um, 
I think 50% of the reaction comes from some people recognizing the song. And I think the other 50% is down to the fact that it's just a cute, easy to get into sing along. So yeah. people immediately get into it, even if they're not familiar with it. We'll so, be talking about this album in a little bit. Awesome. So going up to the next album, um, we have uh, this wonderful album. Yes. And there's not um, the clues that I've heard is like, she said, she said, I know what it's like to be dead. That Right. And I think if you play that one backwards, you get some crazy message. But I didn't want to scratch up this record. Right. But that the she said, she said, I know what it's like to be dead is known as. And because John says that he's dead. Paul's right. dead. <laughs> well, and and I have to say, I, I, I remember the early days of the Internet. Um, I was, you know, still in my first few years being a Beatles fan. And I remember printing up a three page list that listed all of the supposed uh, signs and symbols of his death. And I mean, some of them, you think to yourself, man, you're reaching buddy. You're reaching real hard, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, some of it just doesn't, just doesn't hold up to any, any type of, questioning if, if you actually question it i mean yeah come on this reaches way ahead but um one of my favorite wings albums back to the egg because yes. they're looking down from the earth he's dead um goodness. <laughs> that drives me crazy yeah that, that's i mean isn't it absolutely insane it's crazy so moving on to this comp um it wasn't released in the states i don't know about canada but um, the uh, oldies, and yes. I'm going to take this little Obi strip off very carefully. Right. But there's the car right there. Apparently, oh, right. this is the car that he crashed in. So, is he alive? <laughs> I don't know. I doubt it. Yeah. How could he be? <laughs> I don't know. How could he be? But, who, yeah. but you know, let, let's, to the people who do believe in, in that ridiculous um theory i have to say the guy that replaced the original paul mccartney is one hell of a fine songwriter because <laughs> as far as i'm concerned mccartney becomes a genius in about 1965 66 and then after that it's like man he is off to the races so this replacement guy Man, they picked a good replacement. I think they picked a better replacement. Yeah, they might have, yes. Yes. I mean, hey, I'd rather listen to anything Paul wrote um, from 67 on than Tell Me What You See and P.S. I Love You. I, mean, I like P.S. I Love You better well, than I like Love it too. Me Too. I like it too. I, I find it sweet. I do think Tell Me What You See is pretty awful by Beatles standards, though. You is that like your least favorite Beatles song? It's that and When I Get Home are my two least favorites. You don't like When I Get Home? I really don't. Well, I, I just find, first of all, and I've, I've said this many times, I, I just find that line about the cows come home, I find it terrible. I know he's being cheeky, but I'm going to love you till the cows come home to me is unacceptable. 
And and then I don't like that intro. I don't like it. I find it clunky. I find it. uh, I don't find it up to the Beatles standards, which are insanely high. Even yeah. So going to Sergeant Pepper, the very poor copy that I feel bad for because this was my first ever Beatles album and it's in a very fragile state. Um, I don't ever need to hear this album again. But um, if you look, if you put a little knife, it says I1X he died, which I've I've done that. I have, and it does say that. Yeah. The Beatles were implanting clues. Let's just face it. Yes, let's be honest. They were having fun. Yes. And And also, supposedly, it's a, um, I think, a Hindu tradition where when someone dies, you sort of put your hand over their head. Yeah. So that's what that hand over his head is. Yeah. Somewhere. Right there. Right. And um, if you look at the little base, it says Paul. Paul. Yes. And you've got the like sh- Rolling Stone dolls like dead apparently. <laughs> right. I mean, you could have hidden them a little better. I mean, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Assume a sen, but that's just bad. And the back cover. Yeah, he's backwards, so he's, he's dead. Backwards. He he has his back to us because they don't want us to see that it's is it Peter Martin? What was the name of the supposed replacement? Billy Shears. It was a lookalike contest in Quebec. <laughs> it happened in Quebec? Yeah. I've never heard that. They say it happened in Quebec? I think so. It's either that or Toronto. Well, that is... And you're from Quebec, right? I am. I've never heard that rumor <laughs> associated to us. Hey, you know, maybe maybe Paul is Quebecois after all. Maybe yeah. that's why he has to read from a prompter when he comes to Montreal and says, Bonjour la gang. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love that he reads. By the way, I mean, I love that he makes an effort, even though he's reading a prompter. I don't care. The fact that he makes an effort to throw in a couple of lines of the, in the native tongue wherever he plays shows, I think that's just part of what makes Paul brilliant. The fact yeah. that he makes the effort. And you've seen Paul, I'm guessing? Yes. What so was for he... the first time live in 2002. Oh, so you got to see him on the uh, Driving Rain tour. Yes. And I have to say, I mean, that was a hell of a tour. If only to hear Getting Better, which blew my mind because that was always my favorite song other than A Day in the Life on Sgt. Pepper. I yeah. love getting better. I absolutely I do too. I find those guitars and keyboards that are just sort of that stabbing rhythm is incredible. I think it's a beautiful lyric. I even like that sort of cringy verse about I used to be cruel to my woman <laughs> because to me, even though, yes, it's a bit cringe inducing, it still speaks of, I mean, it's unique this man looking at his past demons and saying, man, I used to be cruel and now I'm, I'm trying to get better and I'm trying to improve myself. This is not something that was addressed in the 60s, men improving their behaviors. And so to yeah. me, that's a revolutionary lyric, even though, yeah, the first time you see it, it shocks you because you're like, wait a minute, 
There's a line like this in a Beatles song. I mean, look at Run For Your Life that everybody trashes. Absolutely. If, if it's Paul, you don't get to trash it. But if it's John, you can trash it all the way. Right. That's how right. I feel. Do you really, you, you really, you, you, you don't feel that people would still trash that lyric if, if it was a Paul lyric? People trash John more, I feel like, nowadays. They might. I think maybe the younger generation now realizes that he wasn't quite the peace angel that maybe previous generations wanted him to be. Yeah. He was human and he was flawed. And I think maybe that's a little bit more uh, prevalent in the narrative now than it probably was in the 80s, 90s and whatnot. Yeah, you're probably yeah. right about that. And going back to these lyrics, um, yes, on the song "She's Leaving Home," which I think is gorgeous, um, it is. We say Wednesday morning at five o'clock when the day begins. Wednesday morning at five o'clock is when they got in that argument, and when Paul got in his little car and crashed. <laughs> My goodness, the the time and energy that these people devoted to finding clues is just it's beyond me it yeah um and going to a day in the life which we know is the best song on this album it's a masterpiece yeah when you said that you liked to get i thought you were going to see you liked getting more better more and i was well, like I, it's almost impossible because yeah. i mean your heart may prefer another song that's possible but your brain knows that a day in the life is untouchable. It is. But um, the it says he blew his mind out in a car. He didn't notice that the lights have changed. Right. I mean, <sighs> it's crazy. Yes. It is. Indeed it is. And um, now we go back to Magical Mystery Tour, which I forgot to grab the record. So we're going to pretend that... Well, it, Hold it's it. the it's the black carnation right yeah the walrus was paul because paul's in a walrus in greek mythology you are putting the walrus as the symbol of the dead right my goodness my goodness oh did you yeah i mean it's crazy it's like, absolutely crazy <laughs> And, and I mean, don't don't we think that this Billy Shears guy or whatever his name was, this replacement guy, don't we think that he would have just sort of gone along for the ride and all of a sudden, almost every song would have been a John song and he would have been relegated to like the Ringo song of the album. I mean, the replacement would have gotten a maximum of one song per album. Yeah, I mean... That's what happened with Pete Best. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I mean, man, it just, it, it absolutely blows my mind. Have you ever taken the time to watch the documentary uh, about Paul is Dead? I think so. Because in that documentary, they read letters uh, or diary entries that supposedly George Harrison wrote shortly before his death talking about finally revealing to the world that Paul indeed had died and had been replaced. Only the letters 
they're, it's, they're supposed to be recordings, but I mean, they're clearly not George talking. Yeah. It's like some actor doing a passable impression of it's, George. It's this guy right here. You see, doesn't he, he doesn't look like George or Ringo. <laughs> right, right. Oh man, it just, it blows the mind. It really absolutely blows the mind. And in one version of Strawberry Fields, and I know there's like two different versions. Right. But on the single version that's on the Blue album, which it sounds like he's saying cranberry sauce, but on the album that sounds like he's saying I buried Paul. Yeah. That's the only outtake. I've listened to the outtakes online a million times. Right. It's crazy. But it's insane to, to also think how if you convince your brain that one line is said, then that's what you're going to hear. Yeah. You know? And, and so, I mean, you can hear whatever it is that you want to hear if you convince your brain that he's saying a certain thing. I mean, just, I, I don't know why this example comes to mind, but the song Hotel California by the Eagles, of course, for years, I thought he said one smell of eucalyptus but what he sings is one smell of kalitas which is a drink i guess yeah but i for years thought that he said one smell of eucalyptus and if you think that he's saying eucalyptus then i swear to you that's what you'll hear yeah. but if you actually see the actual words and you know what it is that he's saying then you'll realize oh okay i had it wrong all along but i mean why would you want to convince yourself of something that is so blatantly ridiculous? Like um, in the song, um, the song Find My Way from McCartney 3, I hear yes. Learning to Fly by Tom Petty. I, it sounds such like a ripoff. Okay. That, that's what it reminds me I of. I am going to go listen to, uh, yeah, because I mean, I'm, of course, familiar with both songs. I'm a fan of both songs. Uh, it interests me. What is your, uh, what are your feelings about McCartney 3? It's in my top five McCartney albums. It's, it sounds to me like you have quite a few uh, albums in your Paul McCartney top five. <laughs> yeah. You have more than five in your top five? I want to. <laughs> it's, it was the album that I got so lucky. There was a snow day, so I got to spend the day listening to McCartney 3. There you go. It was like the first McCartney album that I was like, I knew about Egypt Station, but I don't like that album very much. So it was okay. a disappointment. But um, going I back quite like Egypt Station, but I get what you mean about disappointment. It, it does, it does feel maybe a tad less magical than most of his albums. Yeah. Um, like I, I would love to love songs like Happy With You and Confidant. Oh, those are like the two best songs on the album. I well, see, I, see for me, I love I Don't Know. I do too. I, I think that's fantastic. I love Dominoes. I don't like that song at all. Oh, okay. Is there, can you pinpoint why you no. don't like it? It's, I mean, like with the song Gratitude for Memory Almost Full, those vocals. Ooh. No like me gusta. painful to you? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm really not a fan of Gratitude. In fact, it's the only track on Memory Almost Full that I could say I really dislike. 
because it opens so up side I, I two on the right. vine. It opens up side two on the vinyl, apparently. Right. Which I don't know how you could do that. It, uh, yeah, that's that's a bit of a shame, especially considering uh, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Why So Blue. Oh, yeah. I love that song. It's fantastic. I would have picked Why So Blue over Gratitude a million times. Yeah. I would have even picked 220, uh, 222 or 222 or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And in private, those those two, actually, the, well, those three in total, those three bonus tracks from Memory Almost Full are all three of them superior to Gratitude as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's like the bottom of the bottom. Moving towards the greatest double album of all time for Paul is Dead Clues. This is like yeah. the peak, I think. Yes. And I'm going to do this ever so carefully. I have my poster intact. Yes. Love that poster. Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> I love those pictures that we've seen in recent years. Uh, I think there are some in the in the White Album box set. Those pictures where you see McCartney approving the, the collage on the wall. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. This is apparently Paul Dead in that water. In that mist that's apparently his body oh right well i mean we've we've seen we've seen other pictures from that same session where his head is clearly sticking out and he's pulling faces he's not dead people yeah he's not dead and his lookalike is down here the, the naked one no oh, not the naked one oh okay Wh where that is one look right there that's a bill oh, william right. campbell all right my goodness. Yes, it's true. I've heard that that was the way he looked before he, I guess, got McCartney surgery to look exactly like him. Yeah, he got mixed surgery, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, because you just mentioned the greatest double album of all time, I have to say that my second favorite double album of all time is just right there. I remember That's that right. from your episode of Fans on the Run. Yes, I absolutely adore Tusk. It is such a great album. And I urge every fan of the White Album out there to go take a spin of Tusk. You know the big songs from Rumors, because everyone does. Go listen to Tusk and be amazed at some of the kookiness, the creativity, and the genius of Tusk. It's not for everyone and it can be a grower. You know, you might not love it upon first listen, but I mean, man, what a rewarding double album that is. It, it took me a while to like it. I, I get it. It's, 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 a it's a very in your face kind of little off-putting album in, in places, especially the Lindsey Buckingham songs. But I mean, man, I, I, I love it. I Talk about weird albums. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so going back, but yeah, and if you play the end part of, um, revolution of I'm so tired, um, oh, it, right. The little, yeah, yes. That it says, Paul is dead. Miss him, miss him, miss him. Yes. Um, and, um, what's the other song? Revolution nine, which nobody likes. I don't think, right. um. If you play the number nine, number nine, it says, turn me on, didn't 
after me on yeah. doesn't that does actually play it because I do. Yes, and and there are videos on on YouTube where you know people do it and you can kind of hear it. But again, I also believe that that is part of if you're told that that's what it says, then you'll hear it even more. I, I don't think that just hearing it without knowing that supposedly that's what it says, I don't think that we'd necessarily hear it all that much. What do you think? Yeah, I think if we didn't hear it, we wouldn't hear it. Right. I, I think a lot of it is through suggestion. Yeah. Um, and it, it's crazy. I mean, just why would people think this theory? I think, I think conspiracy theories are fun for most people. Yeah. I mean, just, just look at this whole uh, pandemic, uh, COVID that we're going through. Yeah. How many smart people, very smart people, have turned conspiracy theorists? And I'm not even going to, you know, I don't want us to get into it. Yeah. But I mean, you hear people saying, oh, well, this is the Illuminati and, you know, some perfectly well-balanced, smart people have some pretty crazy theories about what's going on right now. So I think we have, I think it's this human need to question things and, and not believe certain things and, and theorize about lies. And we're being, we're being bamboozled into believing one thing when in fact, it's the, it's a lie. I think we're addicted to that. Yeah, I agree. So going to the second album that has all these McCartney, the McCartney clues. Um, now, if you're looking at his shoes, you'll see he's barefoot. What does that mean? He's dead. Yes, of course. And the uh, license plate said 28 if. 28 if. And hasn't hasn't it been long established that actually it would be 27 if wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Right. Because I think only... on one pressing there right. it's like 27 or something. Right. And then um, that whole thing about well one is the 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 the, the priest and one is the, the grave digger. Yeah, his grave digger. Yes, because he's wearing jeans, so that makes him a grave digger. I mean, what are you talking about? Exactly. I mean, how, how insane is that? Everyone was wearing jeans. I'm surprised that the three others aren't in jeans. You know, I mean, man. Yeah. And talk about fishing. It's crazy. And the three on the back, apparently, three Beatles. Oh, see that? I'd never heard that. You never did? No, where is that three? Just on the album, the little dots. Oh my goodness. I mean, people at home who are watching this, do you yeah. not agree with us that this is absolutely ludicrous? It's just crazy, but, and it, I don't know how they did. I don't know. It's crazy. Well, you know, the one question, the one question that would be interesting, although I guess we already know the answer to this, but 
It would be interesting to know if the Beatles did maybe perhaps through the years throw in a few wink wink hints just because they were so amused by the how ridiculous this rumor was that they decided to have some fun with it. I don't even think they did because I think by the time they learned that this was a thing, they were already kind of disbanded, right? Wasn't it yeah. like Paul was in Scotland when the rumor broke? They were already virtually done with each other. John wasn't showing up. John. Right. So, I mean, there wouldn't have been any opportunity anyway to throw in clues, really. Right. And I think that had there been any type of substantial, you know, clues, let's say that there had been, you know, things that they could have really used, you know, Paul was so detached from his Beatle image for the first, you know, half of the 70s that, you know, maybe he would have even liked people to actually believe that he wasn't Paul McCartney. You know what I mean? So it's like it yeah. doesn't even it doesn't even make sense. And there's one conspiracy theory. It's not right. well known okay. that he died in the replacement died in 1980, and somebody took over. <sighs> so there, so there have been three McCartneys. Then. Yeah. Well, you know, I have to say, in 2002, the first time I saw him, it was at Madison Square Garden in in New York, and. Uh, that first time I saw him, I, we were in the nosebleeds. Luckily, I, I got to see him much closer in subsequent, in subsequent years. But uh, the first time I saw him, we were really far. And I remember, you know, looking at the, the jumbotrons and, and looking down at the stage. And I remember turning to my friend and saying, oh my God, is it really him? Just because I was in complete disbelief at, you know, because I love this man so much and I love the Beatles so much that to me it was just mind blowing that I was in the same building as this man that I just, you know, almost worship. And I say almost worship, but between you and we I, worship. I do worship. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, it's the closest to worshiping that I ever, that I have ever. Same done, here. For sure. So, um, you know, and so there is a certain sense of, no, like it can't, it can't really be him. But of course, it's really him. It's the same. Yeah, I, yeah, I. Audio dropped out for two oh, okay. seconds. Is everything good now? Yep. Excellent. But yeah. So to close out this episode, we do not endorse Paul is dead. We really don't. Oh, one other thing. Um, yes. The uh, Paul is live 1993 album, which right. I totally forgot to mention. He, the license plate in the corner says 58, 52 or three. Right, and, right is alive i i love i love that he did that yeah it's, i did too it, it's cheeky it's fun i sadly don't own that one on vinyl i own it on cd i haven't uh 
taking the time to purchase it on vinyl. How, how does the pressing sound? I don't own that vinyl. Oh, okay. I thought, okay, that's still Abbey Road that you yes. had in your hands there? Okay. Yeah. I thought maybe that was Paul is live. Uh, because he did re release it on vinyl about two or three years ago, right? Yeah, he did that. Along with Amoeba. And the Russian album. Yes. And Amoeba is amazing. That's Isn't my, Amoeba... my favorite live album. I'll oh, show you wow. something after the show that has to do with that. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I love Amoeba. I mean, several of those songs feel like the definitive live versions. Maybe not the definitive, definitive versions, but at least the definitive live versions. Like, I love that Sea Moon. I absolutely adore that Isar standing there. And I think it's uh, one of the best long and winding roads he's ever done as well. I, I, there's so much emotion and that voice. I mean, clearly it is the voice of a man that has been on that long and winding road. And it's all the more touching for it, I find. So that wraps up the show. Is there anything you would like to plug, Max? I would love to plug me being back on your show. That's what I'd like to plug. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have some new music out there. Check me out, Max Como, M-A-X. Como is C-O-M-E-A-U. Check me out. Uh, but yeah, I, I just hope I'm back here discussing Beatles with you because it's one of my favorite things to do in the world, talking you about will be back. <laughs> these four amazing men. Yeah. So email us at I know I know podcast at gmail.com. I'll try to remember to link our new website in the description. And if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. <laughs>